Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Malo LLA and welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, I think they're whipping a, a dead horse. I, th- I really think that they're just they're, 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 they'll end up in the same place in 10, 15 years. Tonga Rugby agrees to a new governing arrangement. COVID-19 curtailing NRL dreams for young Māori and Pacifica players. And another milestone beckons for Women's Rugby League in Papua New Guinea. But first, former Ikalitahi captain Enoki Afiaki doubts that a new governing arrangement will lead to lasting change for the Tonga Rugby Union. The TRU signed a tripartite agreement with World Rugby and the Tonga government on Friday after the global governing body had threatened to pull all financial support. The new partnership will see a joint management committee take charge of the union until long-standing governance issues are resolved. Anoki Afiaki says the TAU has been in a real mess for a long time and World Rugby should have intervened earlier. We're literally a third-tier country already with our performance from the administrative side and the governance side, and the only thing that's keeping us up uh, competing with the other teams is is a group of um, that Tota Kefu has, has collected and nurtured over the last four to five years. Uh, and that's in a fragile situation. He's, without, he's not being paid anymore, so he's gone off and he's coaching the Asian Pacific Dragons. I, I would say it's not a great gig. It's not a 12-month contract. Yeah, we, we risk losing someone that knows uh, and can uh, have that continuation with Tom Rugby yeah. if we keep him. Every country was having a review after the World Cup last year and my understanding is that the review for the TRU hasn't been completed and that there was some reluctance from uh, individuals to be a part of a review or actually have it happen. But uh, mm. n- nevertheless, World Rugby, as you say, obviously stepped in and said we're cutting the funding and if you don't sign this tripartite deal, we're cutting it all. So, you know, uh, belatedly, yeah. but, we, but we've had this ultimatum and on Friday the TRU managed to come together and and sign this deal, so they'll be working with World Rugby and the the government. Do you think something positive can come out of that? The dynamics that I see is, is awkward. When I was in Tonga, the, the government at the time and Val were from the same political party, so the alignment there was that that the, the government was very supportive of rugby and you know pretty much had an empty checkbook to, to get help from the government. Now that's changed, so the government are not going to help Tonga Rugby. They'll try and push, again, the political push will be there, uh, try and get as many of the previous uh, government members out of those roles, which is sad. I'm not sad, it's just if they could just vote on getting competent people in, regardless of, of who they vote for, who runs the country. But at the moment, you know, Tonga's not at that, at that stage. So fact, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't see that. I see that as an awkward situation. Um, the, the fact that I mean, there hasn't been a permanent chief executive because Alvani Puller is still classed yeah. as an interim chief executive. So the fact there hasn't been a permanent person in that role, do, does that suggest how tough it is to find good administrators, or is that unfair? Are there yeah. people 
are there people no. you've seen in Tonga, for example, that could oh. do the job that just don't get that opportunity? Correct. There's, there's, there's hundreds of people in Tonga that have got the skill set that can do that job. And unfortunately, Fowl is not one of them. And he's just, um, he's just bullied this way to hold that position. And, and, and obviously, um, you know, uh, questionable tactics on getting people to vote, vote him in to stay there. And he's, he's residing in the UK 90% of the time. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's the level of CEO, uh, help that we've had from a guy like Flowers that one, he doesn't really know what the job encompasses and he doesn't do the work and he's out of the country. So you can imagine what, how the staff feel, uh, being sort of, you know, throughout the year, not, not having any clear directions on what to do, when to do it. So, so, so um, now that we have embarrassing. This, yeah, so now that we have a tripartite deal, which means that things are going to have to be agreed to by this joint management committee, which means World yeah. Rugby gets sign off, which means the government gets sign off. Does that does that yeah. mean does that mean though there's going to be a bit more impetus to get things done that the rugby union and their staff, be it Fa'al, be it um, Siasipohiva, be it whoever it might be, um, is in those positions and and on that committee are, are going to have to make some concessions. I don't see even if they make concessions, it's actually the doing part. So they've had the they've had the full reins of the rugby union uh, for for you know, for a long time. And they choose to do very little, uh, not even not even the bare minimum. So this is where they were lucky. They had they had a bunch of staff with the Ton Ikaletahi team that uh, that Tota Kefu managed to uh, gather, and they were basically doing everything they absolutely needed to get done with regards to getting the team to a country and playing. And that was that was uh, coordinated with World Rugby Direct. With the Tongan uh, Igalitahi. In terms of the off-field situation right now, with World Rugby obviously now more yeah, closely in, in involved, what do you think needs to yeah. be what needs to be done from here on in to try and um, improve I, the situation? I, 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 yeah, I, th- I think they're whipping a, a dead horse. I, th- I really think that they're just they're, 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 they'll end up in the same place in 10, 15 years, doing done a, another complete cycle of of trying to give Tonga some space to follow its constitution. The constitutions that I saw that were in place in 2012 uh, actually they read really well, as in, as some other constitutions in sport have. But but the the one thing I guess that that's flawed in in, in, in the voting process is that you can vote for anyone at the end of the day and if, if you if you put your faith in someone that can't do the, the work then that's the bed you make for yourself and everything can fall apart and if, if they're okay of staying in that position then it hits a critical mass that, that I think uh, the, the players become disillusioned uh, are left in a position where, the, where we are right now at the moment they've, they've gone back into the tripartite Joint Management Committee, I believe it's called, JMC, between the Rugby, Tonga Government and TRU. TRU are still the rugby union. It's That's where rugby should be run. And eventually the government and World Rugby will need to hand it back to, to TRU. But with the current way of voting, and all they need to do is put proficiency levels on the positions that they have in place. And that's not a hard thing. You just write that in. Takes each sentence could be added to a position of the level of competency required, and it will fix it. That's former Tonga rugby captain Enoke Afiaki. Player agents have expressed concern for the future of rugby league players in New Zealand who face missing out on NRL contracts due to the coronavirus pandemic. The local rugby league community has been hit hard with cancellations since the onset of COVID-19, 
Auckland-based agent Dixon McIver believes this is only the tip of the iceberg and says recruitment status of players in New Zealand is already declining, hitting Māori and Pacifica players the hardest. The kids that were turning 15 this year normally become on the radar with NRL agents and NRL clubs because that is the actual legal year that agents and clubs can engage with um, players at the age of them turning 15. So normally you'd get an influx of agents and recruitment officers going down to the Rotorua National Youth Tournament and watching the young kids coming through, but also watching some of the 17-year-olds that might not have poked their nose through at 15 but have matured a bit more later and developed schools further on. So they get looked at as a 17-year-old as well. So there's quite a few different age gaps where a lot of these young kids are missing out on because of what's transpired with COVID. But even if the tournaments had gone ahead, the restrictions with the clubs from coming from overseas was always going to be problematic. Naturally, the recruitment officers don't want to spend two weeks isolating to go to a tournament here and then another two weeks when they go home. It takes a month out of their mahi and what they do. The NRL clubs have really clamped down through this COVID period. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, administration and staff members that have been sort of stood down from their positions because they are, like most businesses, uh, looking at the, the spend of their organisations and, and just to keep afloat. They've had to really cut back on, on what they're doing and that affects also the recruitment status from players here because then they start looking at, OK, we've got players in New Zealand. First of all, we've got the best nursery ground, hands down. The players we produce here and the, the players we, de- we semi-develop here um, that go on into a system, whether it be here in Australia, it's evident without the, throughout the NRL now when you start looking at the percentage of players that are playing, that are Pacifica especially, and almost 50% now in regards to overall players. So the nursery ground is New Zealand, and this affects the recruitment status on the kids because they then start weighing up the cost of contracting a player from here, potentially relocating them over to Australia, putting them in a living uh, situation or living away from home allowance process, the insurances, the airfares, the isolation and so forth, it's, it's really put a big dampener on the kids in this particular 15, 16 and 17 and even the 18-year-old age group now because of the possibilities where they've been waiting to have this crack and gone. What do you think needs to be done or can anything be done to help these kids and help uh, maybe another opportunity? Can anything be done? Look, this is just purely my perspective. The other problem we have that's contributing to all of this is this has also affected the Warriors where they've pretty much given up on their development programs that they've had prior. So two years ago, we had an under-20s team. That was then terminated for this year when we launched an SG Ball under-18s team, which by all accounts was great for these 16 and 17-year-olds aspiring to play in an Australian competition. And they were doing really well. I mean, they were one of the top teams in the competition before COVID hit. They got about round six, I think it was, maybe round seven, and then all of a sudden it was over. But the Warriors' SG Ball team were, were strong contenders in that competition. Now that that's taken place, and it seems quite obvious with the Warriors now doing a deal with the Redcliffe Dolphins over the next three years, that the development from the only NRL club that we have in this country has almost turned its back on our youngsters as well. So to even try and replenish that development 
um, after it's been sort of broken down over the course of this year or even maybe into another year, you're talking about at least three to four years before you can rebuild that again. That, that's, that's the impact that this all has on the game on a long term. So you're potentially going to see a lot of young kids in this age group now that aren't going to have the opportunities or possibilities that they would have probably had 12 months ago, maybe even falling away from the game. So the only way we can really fix that is to create our own internal competition that is competitive enough, strong enough, and even enough to play nationally and for New Zealand Rugby League, obviously, within our governing body, to, to create some infrastructure where those young players that might have had that opportunity abroad can do just as well by playing in the competition here because they've got to about 18 years of age before they should be in a system with an NRL club. Personally, my biggest disappointment is the Warriors. To me, they're the biggest disappointment because they've, they've basically turned their back on a young talent and a nursery ground of players that should be the backbone of the future of that club. Where does a young 15-year-old in New Zealand expect to play when the only NRL club here has abolished all its junior teams? That's Auckland-based player agent Dixon McIver. New Zealand Warriors Chief Executive Cameron George defended the club's three-year deal with the Redcliffe Dolphins, saying they would lose a lot of players without it and they don't have the revenue to be able to sustain three teams playing in Australia. The Papua New Guinea women's rugby league captain Elsie Albert has achieved her dream after signing for the St George Illawarra Dragons. The 24-year-old trailblazer starred for the South Slogan Magpies in the Wholesome Cup competition this season, having moved to Brisbane earlier this year in an attempt to earn a contract in the NRLW competition. The Orchids skipper is the first player from a PNG domestic competition to be signed by an NRLW club and told Tale Anderson it's still very surreal. You know, it's been one of my goals for this year to you know, make an NRLW team and to have that dream and goal come, you know, come true. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just very, very excited. How tough has it been for you this year, especially, you know, moving away from home so far away and then of course with all this COVID stuff going on? It's been it's been it's been very tough, you know, uh going away from family and staying away from family for, you know, almost seven months. And but um, you know, coming here and then having PNG players, you know, alongside you People like Therese um, Aiton and uh, Amelia Cook, all these you know girls from PNG, they've helped me through my journey, and um, I'm I'm so thankful that I came to South and you know having the support system with me, and yeah, and all the older girls at South made South made me feel at home, and yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful that you know I came. Speaking about uh, your PNG teammates. Yeah, they must be stoked for you. Yeah, they really, they they really are. And um, Therese, Therese Aiton, you know, she's been she's been looking after me for the last seven months that I've been here, and I'm grateful, you know, grateful to her. And she's she's really very really glad that uh, you know I came this far from you know home and get to play footy, and then. Now, 
I understand you're the first player from a PNG domestic competition to be signed by an NRLW club. What does that mean to you? Does it make all the sacrifices worth it? Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. And, you know, being the first is, you know, our homegrown talent straight from PNG to come all this way and, you know, giving up school and uh, coming all this way to play and then to... Everyone at home, have you spoken to um, anyone at home in the PNG clubs? And yeah, have you heard from them? Oh, yeah, they've, um, it's been like four, uh, two days when I made the announcement, and everyone back home, they're really excited that you know, I get to play in the NRLW and to be you know, the first one coming out from PNG to play in the NRLW. It's a big news back home. Everyone is excited. And yeah, they can't wait to watch me play on Saturday. Probably people are rugby league, uh, rugby league uh, mad fans. And, you know, to have me, a female uh, player playing in the NRLW, it's, it's such a big news back home. And were the Dragons the only club that offered a playing contract to you, or the others? Ah, uh, yeah, there were there were some uh, two others. Yeah, so I decided to stay with the Dragons. What, so why why did you stay? Um, decide to pick the Dragons? Just because uh, they have some good squad here, and uh, you know I thought it would be better to, especially um, having uh, Steph uh, Steph and Cox. She she's my Mentor, my role model, and because she's moving here, um, yeah, I just thought I should play with my role model. So, <laughs> gender dragons. So we we, we played together in uh, in the South Spoken Magpies. We're the forwards at the South, so I thought it would be better if we bring our combinations together to the, the dragons. Yeah, what do you hope to bring to the team? Uh, can we expect some of those big hits that um, we've seen when you've played for, you know, the PNG team? No, it's hopefully. Um, I just have to play how I play, and I think that's that's why I got selected. So I just, yeah, I just need to be who I am. I used to need to be who I used to be in the field. Just bring that mongrel in defence, and not also not only in defence, but attacking wise as well. That's the Papua New Guinea women's rugby league captain, Elsie Albert. And that is the World in Sport for this week. For more, head to our website, rnzi.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.